Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors, well, they might provide that roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors and guests who have paved the pathway for many players and coaches. Over the last three-plus years, we've had uh, mentors that most of them uh, should say, well, truthfully, most, many of them are also authors, people like uh, Alan Fox, uh, normally on the first Tuesday of the month. Uh, Coach Chuck Reese on the second Tuesday of the month. And we've been blessed to have other people and expect you'll be hearing them again. Uh, Maybe not every month, but every other month or every third month. People like uh, Dr. Bryce Young, uh, Energy Coach Linda LeClaire, uh, Coach Ashley Hobson, uh, Coach Scott Williams, Nick Saviano, uh, today's uh, guest, uh, Coach Ed Kras. Uh So many, many other college people like Scott Engie, and we have outstanding other college coaches and high school coaches that have been guests on the broadcast as well as uh, USTA officials have been uh, on the broadcast, uh, USPTA and PTR officials. And now we're going to be in the next week, we're going to get into the uh, other uh, racket uh, ball uh, sports, too. So uh, it's growing in Texas, growing in uh, Florida, and in other parts of the world. So I've got to get into the 21st century, and uh, we'll be sharing that with you, too. We'll have Mike May on uh, uh, next Thursday. Of course, the nice thing about the Block Talk Radio and the Yellow Ball Network is that you can listen at any time you choose to these broadcasts, or my broadcast or any of the other uh, broadcasts on the Yellow Ball Network. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you're missing out on some useful information because I do believe Dr. King, when he said our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, each Thursday I will add my personal views on North American tennis, and naturally you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Who knows, together we may wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis and save college tennis before that fades away. Besides our weekly conversation, the almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I have previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at Coach Denise, that's D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. 
That's coachdenise.fhstca at att.net. Who knows? You may read your views in Florida Tennis Magazine or hear them on one of my Coach Denise Sharon Blessings broadcasts. It would not be the first time that that's happened. I should also remind you that if someone has taken the last issue of Florida Tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to www.floridatennis.com, and you can always get the last issue there. And in between issues, you can also find Jim Martz, uh, my articles, and the other people writing articles in the magazine, uh, sometimes on our Facebook site. There's a lot of things that goes on in between issues, and we do try to keep you abreast of them on the Facebook. And that is, on Facebook, it's FL Tennis. That's capital FL Tennis. And that's how you get to see us on Facebook. If you'd like to uh, copy us there and friend us there, uh, you'll be able to uh, keep up what's going on in between issues because uh, tennis, as Jim March has stated in uh, one of the previous uh, articles, uh, it isn't just Florida is more than uh, – the king of tennis in the United States, uh, what goes on in uh, Florida is affected around the world. So uh, we try to keep you abreast, and just like on this broadcast, we're blessed to have uh, uh, people from around, well, I shouldn't say around the world. We've had no guests from Asia yet, but we have had guests from uh, Europe and uh, all across the country uh, on the show. Matter of fact, next uh, Thursday, uh, we'll have uh, Mike May coming uh, to you out of uh, Houston, uh, Texas. And um, we, uh, Florida Tennis Magazine, uh, Jim's had it going now for approaching around 30 years, I think. So, uh, you know, it's too late to change uh, the name of the magazine properly, but uh, the name really doesn't do the magazine uh, justice because it's more than uh, a magazine about Florida tennis. It's uh, it's about tennis all over. Well, I don't see uh, our guest Ed Crash yet. He should be calling in uh, uh, any moment. Uh, those of you that uh, haven't, well, those of you who have met him, I'm sure you know because uh, he's just his bubbling personality. But the uh, Harvard and uh, Clemson coach has done many things, which we'll get into uh, later on. But let me get into um, my commentary uh, for March 21st. And uh, hopefully uh, by that time, Ed will. Uh, Call call in and we'll be able to get the uh, today's broadcast going. Okay, uh, today's commentary. My thoughts are: uh, over the years, I have been on the short end of the score on many occasions, but it has been decades since I thought that I lost an event. While admittedly I love most sports. 
I'm not switching my allegiance from tennis to baseball. Uh, my intent last week's uh, commentary was to suggest that the game itself might be the motivation needed for success and not people seeking to change the game just for the sake of making changes. I appreciate all the remarks on my March 14th commentary, but those of you who suggested I am fighting a losing battle with our governing bodies of tennis, I must respectfully disagree with you. I suggest that if we are truly interested in making the game better, we might stop shouting and take time to listen to opposing views. Admittedly, my views are influenced by my experience of over 60 years of coaching and, of course, my other journey through life, too. Admittedly, I do look at that as a positive bias and not a negative one. So naturally, I examine most issues through my tinted rose glasses of coaching and like many of the coaches, my agreement or disfavor of a proposed proposed change in sports or as far as that go in life are influenced by my biases. The number of skills needed in management are many, including motivating all the members to assist in growing the sport or as a matter of fact the business or even government. As a coach, one of the challenges we face is how do we motivate the athlete to work through the obstacles they are going to face? During our journey of watching our grandson play college baseball those 10 days, I was also reminded of the early misthinking of parents and, truthfully, some grandparents and uh, I suspect some young coaches too, that being that they that being that the game itself, which the athlete has chosen, uh, more often that game provides a greater motivation than those who are trying to make it just fun or shorter or less competitive. Those of you reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine or listening to previous Yellow Ball Network broadcasts have often heard me point out the reasons. I think the game of tennis is about time. Many of those same reasons also apply to coaches and management. And those in these positions need to take the time to listen to each other, understand the issues and opposing views before, before forming positions or making changes. During my eight years on the USTA Florida Section Board of Directors, I suspect if asked, most of those members on the board would remember that I was one of the main reasons most meetings never ended on time. But hopefully they would also remember my enthusiastic commitment to organizational goals and willingness to explore new ideas. Yes, my desire to acquire more knowledge often cause long discussions on the risk and rewards of possible new programs and the development of realistic goals were often debated and I suspect other board members sometimes considered me a pain, well, you know where. 
hopefully they also remembered that if my positions were accepted or rejected, I continued to examine feedback on the programs and look for opportunities to improve the project. Yes, it takes time to serve on a committee, but whom better to sit on a committee than a tennis coach who understands that the game of tennis, and I guess life, is all about time. It's your advantage. That's my view, and as you know, I'm always interested in yours, and you can contact me at Coach Denise uh, um, FHSTCA at att.net, and uh, who knows, you might uh, read your view in Florida Tennis Magazine or uh, hear it on one of the Coach Denise uh, sharing tennis lessons. Well, I see I have our guest on here. Let me see. Ed, are you there? Yep, right here, Coach. Ed, so nice to hear you. This is most might sound like a contradiction in terms because I'm always talking about there's more to sports than just trying to make it fun or make it easier. But uh, one of the uh, great events that you put on, uh, one-on-one doubles, is not only fun and exciting, but it's, it's uh, a great, great event. Uh, those of you that don't know today's mentor, uh, it is Ed Crass, and uh, Ed is a former Harvard and Clemson coach. Uh, he's uh, founder of the 31st Annual College Tennis Exposure Camp, and uh, those of you uh, that, that haven't been to uh, one of the one-on-one double tournaments, uh, you're truly missing out on, on something uh, when I coached high school and he had him close enough, uh, and I remember going to Daytona. Oh, I can't remember where else we traveled to, but I always uh, made sure that I had members of my teams going there. Now, college uh, has been exposed to it, and uh, so has uh, uh, tournaments all over. So, But, Ed, before we uh, get into that, uh I'd like you to tell you the other thing that I was always excited about, and God, I've been around for a long time, but I think uh, yours was the first uh, college t- uh, tennis exposure camp that I remember. Uh, tell us uh, what, what your mission is there, and how you got you know got that going, and what you do, please. Sure. Yeah. Well, Coach, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, as always, uh, a lot of respect for all the things you've been doing. Yeah, you know, uh, I started the camp in 1989 at Harvard, and it kind of uh, it kind of morphed into something that was exciting for college coaches to be at, instruct, and it helps the kids get ready for college tennis with the on-court college instruction. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I think the big thing is we all. Uh talk a lot about opportunities and when the college kids are losing on an opportunity. But opportunity is something that, uh, you know, these kids and uh, parents have to make for themselves too. I mean, uh, opportunity doesn't always come knocking on your door. Uh, You have to go and uh, find out where you're going to see people that you can expose your talents to. And uh, that's what I always thought fascinated. Well, do you, have you set up a schedule yet for this year? 
Yeah, we do. We have a nice schedule. We're going to be at University of Rennick June 29th and 30th, uh, in case you have any players that want to come there. We also have a nice uh, four-day camp at Lehigh, July 14th to 18th. Uh, It's a sleepover camp. And then there's another sleepover camp there, uh, July 20th to 24th. And then going back to my old stomping grounds at Harvard to do a clinic – July 27th to 28th. You know, naturally, you're going to have uh, all college coaches uh, working with you, right? Yeah, correct. All college coaches, uh, they get to interact on the court with the players, and and it's a really nice, unique opportunity for those players that want to, you know, show what they can do. Yeah, I, I agree. And, like, I've always uh, – told um, my people that I'd recommend it, that it's also a great opportunity for you to be, uh, if you're good enough to get into uh, college, uh, that you want to be looking at them too. Uh, you know, you might have somebody there that's interested in you, but uh, there might be another John Denise, and you could say, God, four years of him was enough. Could I take four more years of him? Let me look at going to another place. So I think it's a, in my opinion, it was always a great two-way street that, you know, you're looking at talented people, but in my opinion, parents and uh, players should be also uh, looking and taking advantage of the fact that they have these coaches there that they can get advice from and make decisions with. Absolutely. That's the beautiful thing. Have you been to one of the camps recently, uh, Coach? To tell you the truth, the last couple years, uh, since I stopped coaching high school, and uh, as you probably know, I've had some uh, medical uh, problems that slowed me up. So uh, as long as the Almighty doesn't – take uh, my mind away and uh, well my voice I'm already losing <laughs> but uh, I just uh, my days on the court is usually, are now down to about three mornings a uh, and one hour during the evening uh, a week and uh, most of the and the people that now hire me know that uh, they're not hiring a hitting uh, uh, partner they're hiring a coach so Right. I remember we had a nice clinic. Uh, I think it was over in your neck of the woods in Fort Pierce back in the mid-90s, and Doug Booth was there. Remember that? Remember that? That was the first one when I was on the the uh, USTA Board of Directors. That was the, my understanding is that was the first one in the country that was uh, done with the uh, USTA. We had people like you there. And uh, and we it was well. We, truthfully, we robbed from what you were doing, uh, you know. Before you know, it, you, I think you started a, your program uh, just a couple years before that. That's right. Yep. And I always tell That's people, great. I there's not many things that I invented, but I was one of the best beasts in the uh, uh, world. And now you have to forgive me because. Uh, uh, being older, I don't remember to give credit all the time where the credit uh, should go. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry. You're always good about that. 
Well, listen, I Dad has always been, you know, one of my special, you know, uh, thinking that that what you did. But one on one doubles, I think you did selfishly as a, a high school coach for twenty years. One of the biggest struggles that uh, you have is getting people to come to the net and. Uh, Sometimes so many arguments is people are choose to stack in the team. Well, how come you don't have your number one uh, player playing number one doubles? Uh, well, because uh, he or she's not a number one doubles player. If you notice, she, she or yep. he never comes to the net. And uh, I know the outstanding baseline players. But how do, how do I put that per, person there? And you're one on one doubles. To me, was uh, you've done such a great job with it with your tournaments. But tell us uh, more about that because I believe it's one of the most important features. Uh, it, it, unless we're going to do away with doubles, <laughs> then the best way to get introduced to it is one and one doubles. Yeah, and we don't want to do away with doubles. We love doubles. You know, you got That's singles, sure. you got doubles, you got singles and doubles, and then of course here is a nice third alternative of a competitive format. Of course, we were doing it as a drill for a while, but making it in a, a tournament format with the half court serve and volley game uh, has been exciting. You know, to you know, we've been making people serve and volley, or they lose the point. You know, and that's. As you know, that's only for the one percenters out there, uh, John. You know, today's generation, they, even if you want to pay them a lot of money to play this game, guess what? They don't want to. They don't want to play because they don't want to be forced into serving in volley. In today's generation, they want mm-hmm. options. So, you know, and that's the way doubles is being played. As you know, as you watch TV or watch the way doubles is being played, you don't see a lot of serving volley as much as you used to. So no. this game really uh, has been uh, keeping the serve and volley alive. Uh, people know it. But at the same time, we got to evolve and maybe make the game potentially a little bit, uh, a little bit fr- uh, friendlier for the club level player or, shall we say, all players. So here, mm-hmm. on, your show today, here on your show today, I'll tell you that we're going to alter the rules, John. Oh, Wow. We're going to alter oh. the rules. We're going to give a two-point play. We heard it on the John Denise show. Two-point play for a winning volley, a winning overhead, of course a winning half volley, and rewarding players to come to the net, John, but it's got to be a winning volley that the opponent cannot touch. And by the way, the game will be serving volley optional, but with those two-point incentives. Well... I've, I've I've said that before that uh, change is difficult, uh, but necessary at times. And of course, you're much younger than me, so it's easier for you to make changes probably than me. But congratulations! I love that a two-point play. Wow! So the person is gonna come into the net and can volley or overhead. They're gonna get an extra reward for that. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's a nice time to sneak that two-point play into tennis and let them get rewarded for a winning volley or a winning overhead. Can you imagine the excitement with the players and the crowd? 
Yes, wow. And those are, if any of you are listening that haven't been to uh, one of Ed's uh, one-in-one double tournaments, the excitement, I mean, nobody knows how to compete but yes party like Ed does. And uh, attending one of those tournaments is such a rewarding experience to begin with. But, wow, I love this. And, well, this is, whew, this could be a whole new opening in uh with this game, I mean, one-in-one one doubles, like you, you said it before, singles, doubles, and one-on-one doubles. That I love that. Yeah, so let's see where we can go. Uh, we got, we got, you know, I think the governing body of tennis is going to uh, get behind it uh, little by little. As you know, you can't move mountains uh, right away. But at the same time, you know, the fact that uh, the USTA is sanctioning the game and uh, – Putting the tournaments up for people to sign up—that's uh, a—that's a nice win-win for everybody, you know. It is. That definitely is. It definitely is. And you know, how is. long have so, you been or thinking about this uh, change in the rules? Uh, well, a fellow named Tommy Haas uh, gave me the idea. Do you remember uh, Tommy Haas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I had a meeting with Tommy Haas, and he he uh, kind of uh, thought that this could be a nice addition to the game, and somebody like himself uh, and some of his friends out there would really enjoy the, this this uh, this new format to one-on-one doubles. Very interesting. Well, you know, I think that's uh, a good example of what my commentary is about. I hear so much, you know, Shouting that today we're in a place where everybody uh, that wants something uh, different uh, feels they have to shout and yell about it instead of talking about it and convincing people. And evidently, uh, you convinced the USTA then that uh, we can go about and do these changes, and they're still going to support the uh, tournament, I take it. Yes, exactly. You know, it's nice – I think what's nice about the new uh, the, uh, the the USTA is that they've got some people there that are open-minded and they're growing the game and and there are some people that are really doing a good job. They would like to see some excitement with adult tennis. Their big complaint is that adult tennis is not has not been going that well in the at the competitive level uh for USTA tournaments. Right. For whatever reason. Now, the juniors has been a big success, as you know, for years, and there's a lot of junior tournaments. So maybe, just maybe, this could be a friendlier concept for the juniors as well. Uh, making the junior serve in volley in a competitive format is very difficult at best. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, that's, it is. Uh, I think the timing, uh, I appreciate you breaking that on my uh, broadcast because uh, I know somebody is uh, going to be saying, you know, you old people, you never want to have fun and you're always, uh, you don't want changes and, uh, you know, and uh, somebody's going to misthink my commentary. Uh, I'm not against having fun. I'm not against uh, making it things, e- things easier for people at certain levels. But I don't know if there's shortcuts uh, on the competitive level, what's going to happen. And I do think that, uh, you know, we're all uh, guilty. Uh, things that I did as a kid, uh, truthfully, I wouldn't let uh, 
my kids do, and then uh, they later on wouldn't let their kids do things that uh, I had them doing. So uh, I think before we start uh, complaining about uh, today's kids and how they act, we ought to remember there's probably people in my generation are uh, as much uh, responsible for that than uh, anything else. And I think the game yeah. is important. You have to love the game. I mean, if you don't love the game, uh, I think of my grandsons that went around watching the baseball, college baseball. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was great to see my grandson uh, pitch his first uh, college uh, baseball game. But, uh, you know, uh, my love for uh, basketball and uh, tennis uh, couldn't get him to uh, Go for uh, tennis. He chose baseball. So these people yep. gotta make define the game that they like and that they enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You gotta find your what you love to do. And uh, I think the the kids today that play tennis, uh, we got to give them a lot of credit because it's a lot of a lot of time commitment, a lot of hard work. Uh, it's an individual sport, and uh, boy, it takes a it's a long road just to get to the college ranks, you know? It sure is. It sure is. Yeah, I don't get think we give them enough. No, we yeah. don't give them enough credit. You know, these high school players, uh, even some of those kids that you used to work with uh, that did not go on and play college, we got to still give them uh, their credit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Some of them, I, I just at uh, Christmas holidays, I had um, – young man come from uh, Philadelphia who's now in the financial business and uh, uh, he was uh, you know the number one uh, player on our team but he wasn't good enough to play college tennis but he went to uh, uh, the University of Pennsylvania and uh, he wound up getting his position um, getting, getting promoted into the position in the company that he was with um uh, talking to uh which is now his boss on the tennis court so he was still playing tennis so you might not get into uh college from it but you never know when the tennis is going to come back and help you that's right john that's right and it's it's taken you a long way hasn't it oh god it sure has i mean uh i'm blessed that at my age i could still be uh out there trying to help people and giving advice when I can. I owe a lot to sports, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know where yeah. I'd be without the tennis, you know? True, true. It's got to be uh, thrilling for you to go up to uh, Harvard then this summer. I mean, always going back there uh, uh, must be a little bit of a thrill for you, I suspect. Oh, I think it will be. It'd be so nice to, you know, now the facility is incredible, John. Uh, when I was there, it was nice, but now it's one of the best uh, venues in the in the country. They've got 18 outdoor, and they've got six indoor, and it's just a gorgeous tennis facility, and it's probably one of the best in the whole country now. Wow. And, of course, yeah. I have my own bias in uh with the University of Florida, so I wish, uh, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, uh, what, when is that day again? Uh, uh, for which? For the University of Florida. 
Oh, uh, let's see. Well, the University of South Florida camp, the one that I do at South oh, Florida. I'm sorry, University University of Rhode Island. I'm sorry. Oh, Rhode Island. That's uh, June 29th to 30th for any uh, parents or players that are interested. That's that's nice up there. You know, it's a good time of year to be there, right near the water, the uh, Atlantic Ocean up there, Newport, you know. Yeah, I take in a couple of teams to the World Scholar Athlete Games up there, and I was tennis coordinator, uh, yeah. uh, which was one of the thrills for uh, two ways. I took uh, uh, when I was tennis coordinator for the World Scholar Athlete Games. One of my yep. coaches uh, was a father and a um, daughter, who the daughter I had taken up four years earlier. As you know, they only ran those games every four years. And uh, they, uh, you know, that was quite a thrill to take uh, a father and son as two of my, uh, a father and daughter, two of my coaches, and one of them that I had previously taken as a player. So it's a special place, the University of Rhode Island. And, of course, uh, when you're up there, the Hall of Fame, uh, we always took the kids one day uh, over there to play, and that's always special to have the kids play on grass for the first time. It really is. It's a special place up there. What a great vibe, you know? History of tennis. The history of tennis is up there. So uh, it's nice to get up there. It's nice. (laughs) I really hope we have a nice summer up there. Uh, We're trying to get all the kids in there. And of course, uh, the parents uh, enjoy it. They get to hang out and watch their kids and enjoy a little music too, you know? Yep. Well, let me ask you uh, questions for the people. I I sometimes take for granted that everybody knows who uh, Ed Crass is. But some of the people listening probably don't know. Why don't you tell the people how they can get a hold of you if they're if they have a, a child that they want to uh, take to the uh, college tennis exposure camp, or uh, if they want to uh, participate in the one-on-one double tournament, how do they get a hold of you, Ed? Uh, they can always call me at eight one three six eight four. Nine zero three one, and my email is uh, ecrass k r a s s at tampa bay dot r r dot com, and of course I've got my one on one doubles at yahoo dot com, always up and running. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so you'll be posting all those events there. Yep, all of them are posted on one-on-one-doubles.com and collegetennis.com for anybody that's interested, you know. They can come and watch or enjoy it, you know, and come and play if they want to play. I think that's something that we probably don't talk uh, enough about. I know you had one, uh, it was up at Melbourne a year or two ago, uh, when they were able to play or anything, but just... Being uh, at an event is a special. I would encourage anybody, if you just want to watch some exciting uh, tennis, uh, the, the way you put a tournament on, it's just always a rewarding event if you're playing or if you're just going to watch. 
Well, thank you. I think it's uh, it's exciting to keep the game going, and I really would love to see more players come to the net and uh, get better at the volleys. And hey, the people that play seem to really enjoy it. You know, it's exciting. It is. It is, and uh, and I and it's uh, for uh, those high school coaches. <coughs> you have to excuse, <coughs> excuse me, Ed. And you know, I saw Coach Todd Palmer. You remember Todd Palmer from Spruce yeah. Creek? Oh yeah, I, great guy. I saw him at the. I, yeah, he came up, said hi to me. He was at the Bob Seger concert in Tampa. Remember Bob Seger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great show. I was around. I tried to convince him to replace me and the uh for the uh FACA for tennis there, but he is a busy, busy man. I know. He was telling me uh everything he's doing. Well that's great. Well uh it's been uh it's been great to be able to ch- chat with you and share some uh of the things I'm doing and and congrats on a great career out there, uh Coach J D. Well, congratulations to you. I just uh, I encourage everybody to sit there and take advantage uh, of what you're doing uh, because not only are you a special coach, but uh, tennis can be fun. I mean, tennis is a grind. There's no two ways about it. And uh, when I talk about, you know, let's not – the road to success, in my opinion, is not by making things easier or making it more fun or, um, you know, doing away with competition. I don't think competition is a dirty word. I think it's uh, an important word that we have to keep in there. But you can put fun in the middle of it, and nobody does it better than Coach Ed Kras does. So, Coach, thank you for being on the broadcast and uh, I look forward, I pray that uh, I'll be able to get to uh, one of these uh, events and I get touch base with you again. Any last yeah, things you. that you'd like to say to the audience? Oh, no. Uh, everybody should just take good care of themselves and uh, and stay in good shape and cut down, cut back on the alcohol. Uh, maybe cut, cut back to zero beers a week and stay real healthy, you know? Well, it's a good advice because when you get uh, my age, and uh, I plead guilty to abusing myself <laughs> at times, but uh, I think what keeps me going now is uh, I've, I've cut that out of my uh, uh, eating and drinking habit. It's no longer uh, part of it. And and I well, used to have a wine cellar at one time, so uh, that was a yeah. big change for me. Yeah, well, you'll live to 95 now, maybe 100. I'm looking for 100. I just uh, talked with the cardiologist uh, two weeks ago when I seen him. I walked in, he was through, and he said, you're going to ask me if you're going to make 100 now or not. I said, 100? I said, don't you watch TED on TV? I said, there's going to be people that today that are going to live to 150. Why not me? <laughs> he, uh, said, he said, you know, they're talking about young people. They're not talking about you. So he busted <laughs> my right. bubble, but that's all right. He's still a good doctor. Yeah, that's good. Well, enjoy yourself, Coach, and uh, thanks again for having me on. Okay. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to be on, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thank you. 
Well, folks, if you haven't been to one event's uh, events, uh, you you truly are uh, missing something. But uh, I uh, I am blessed uh, over the years to uh, have people on the um, broadcast that I think have contributed much to the sport. And uh, you know what? I just can't express enough that I really think we have to um, sit there and get more involved in our high schools, whatever the sport is. I think tennis, unfortunately, we suffer more than some of the other sports in uh, uh, high school does because uh, you really have to, uh, unfortunately, and there's nothing wrong with recreation tennis, but recreation uh, tennis is important. It's needed. Um, my wife reminds me, uh, you know, twice a year not to make plans. There's six weeks that she runs her 10 and other uh, programs, and uh, I kid about it, but I love uh, being with those uh, little kids. But it's sports in high school should be sports. They shouldn't be an after-school activity. And I think because uh, the USTA's position has shifted to recreation rather than competition when it comes uh, to high school sports, uh, the concept of high school sports in most places is that it's an after-school activity and not an after-school sport. And really, when you have an outstanding teams, and you talked about Todd before, when you have outstanding programs, Scott Williams ran uh, one for years. These programs have the community uh, around them. I was blessed um, to sit there and get our community around our high school team. But when you look at high school tennis and you see the same teams year after year competing against each other and no other teams coming in, uh, you know, I think we're missing out on something. And we have to be able to uh, uh, develop the sports. And I, and I don't mean to just – I'm not picking on the – um, USTA only because I think the Board of Educations have a big part of that and most of those Board of Educations uh, just aren't supporting the sport so when you go out there and you look at the teams that are successful and if it's baseball or basketball or tennis there's schools that somebody that a coach has gone out there and they've gotten the whole community involved and truthfully in most cases, the, it's very unusual that you'll find the the athletic director or the principal or the people on the Board of Education are really putting the effort in there that they should be. I, be, I was blessed to be uh, work for one of those uh, people. Uh, Coach Stutsky uh, was in, uh, one of the reasons that, uh, truthfully, I retired when I did was because he was uh, retiring and uh, at my age, uh, you, you start looking to pick your uh, battles. But uh, go out and support your team if it's baseball or uh, basketball or tennis or any other sport. 
go out and support that high school team. Uh, and go out and demand. Find out. Go to those school board meetings. Find out what they're doing. Uh, what are they investing in? And uh, when I look at the bands, for instance, in uh, Florida, uh, and the money that's spent there and everything, and the the money that's spent on uh, football, the revenue-producing sports have less problems than the non-revenue-producing sports, but the non selfishly and I am biased, I admit it. Uh the non revenue producing sports, especially tennis, when it's something they can play for life, when it's something they can keep uh healthy with, when it's something that they can join a USTA uh league, uh when they're in their twenties, when they're in their thirties, when they're in their forties, when they're in their fifties, when they're in their sixties and if I get my knees back together when I'm in, uh, you know, well, when I'm in, I've already been in there for a while. Uh, I'm ready to leave them, but the uh, 70s, you know, the USTA has a place for that there. And uh, competition is not a dirty word. It's an important word. So tell your friends to uh, about the broadcast. Uh, if you get a chance to go to a one-on-one uh, tennis tournament, I suggest you go there. Uh, if uh, I will remind you, I hear all the time, uh, uh, especially we've just gone through a terrible thing with our colleges, with people buying their way in and everything. Um, you shouldn't have to buy your way in. That's a terrible thing. But again, I think the problem is bigger than that. Some of the schools have to re-examine themselves. Uh, everybody is not capable of playing tennis or baseball or basketball at a college level. But if you think you are, then some of the opportunities you have to provide for yourself. And I suggest you go out and find uh, college exposure camps so you can expose you want to get the exposure. In Florida, in most places, uh, we no longer, tennis is no longer the sport where college coaches are coming to see. Uh, uh, it's um, You're going to have to expose yourself to them if you think you're good enough to go out there. I encourage everybody, those of you in South Florida, go and watch uh, the Miami Open. You know, Look at these events. See if you're uh, ready to uh, compete or not. Uh, uh, what's happened uh, in uh, high school tennis, in my opinion, has already started happening in college uh, tennis. And my fear is if uh, if we don't keep producing players, uh, what's going to happen to our sport? And uh, we're not producing them in uh, uh, high school no more because uh, most schools and the USTA look doesn't look at high school tennis as competition. They look at it as recreational, and uh, there is a place to pay for that. So I look forward to talking with you next week. And next week, by the way, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, paddleball. Uh, it's a sport, I think it came out of Argentina, they tell me, but uh, 
God, about 50 years ago, I played it in Connecticut in the wintertime. You would be able to shovel it off, and your plate it was all fenced in, and uh, uh, there was only a couple of courts, but evidently it's on its way back, and they have an international tournament, uh, there's one in Houston. I think there's going to be one in Miami this spring, so uh, this summer. So um, if it's uh, anything to do with the racket, uh, we should be uh, involved with it. The platform tennis, paddle tennis, that's platform tennis. Paddle tennis is growing all over. We'll probably have somebody involved with paddle ball uh, tennis on. Uh, I have my own biases. I'm not a fan of it because I think we missed an opportunity uh, on a game that uh, – that a group of us invented the tennis and shortened the courts for uh, went around and tested it in uh, New Orleans and uh, around different places had positive reaction but uh, evidently the USTA couldn't do uh, two things at one time but now it's too uh, late uh, paddle ball tennis is here to stay so uh, we got to get uh, look at that, and uh, I won't let my own uh, biases get in the way of sharing things with you on the uh, broadcast. I look forward to talking with you next week. Uh, tell your friends they can listen to any time they want, and uh, they are mighty willing. I will um, still be uh, writing with the uh, Florida Tennis Magazine. A lot of good information there. Uh, and uh, you can keep up with what's going on with the Miami Open, uh, with their uh, Facebook sites, and a lot of the key things uh, we'll have posted on the Florida uh, tennis site too. So you have a blessed week. Tell your friends about the broadcast. And the almighty willing, I will be talking with you again next week. Bye now.